Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the Batflip Crazy podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis and strategy. I am your host, Toby. Today, we are going to do another mailbag uh, of questions that I received from Twitter, uh, cover a lot of ground, guys who are doing really well, Austin Meadows, Austin Riley, also some guys who are struggling, like Eloy Jimenez, uh, Manny Machado, uh, Michael Chavis, uh, touch on a lot of different guys and a lot of questions, you know, in terms of strategy and 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 how to handle certain situations that are coming up, Carlos Carrasco's injury, for example, so uh, should be a fun uh, mailbag. Um, if you have not already, please do go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating uh, and a review for the podcast. Always super appreciative of folks who take the time uh, to do that if you enjoy the podcast. Um, if you've already done that, please do like, retweet, share the podcast, help spread the word. Really, really appreciate that. The best place to reach me uh, is on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. Uh, feel free to uh, hit me up there if you have any questions uh, based on the podcast or other questions or just want to engage uh, on baseball-related topics. My DMs are also open, so if you have questions uh, for there, feel free to reach out. I try my best to respond to those, um, and hopefully I, I do a decent job of that. Uh, so yeah, hit me up on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. Let's just dive right into this mailbag. Um, should be a lot of fun. Thanks to everybody who provides um, the questions and the topics. It's always super instructive for me uh, diving a little bit deeper and sometimes looking at folks that I might not have on any of my teams and so I'm not as focused on. So always appreciative of that. All right, let's get this party started. All right, let's hop into this week's mailbag. Uh, the first question comes from at Fazio MA. Uh, he asks, Meadows, when is he in the conversation with the top outfielder and will he stay there? And then Riley, everyone's calling for regression, but the guy keeps hitting. How should we value him moving forward? Uh, so great questions. Uh, Austin Meadows is a guy that I really like. I think I talked about him about a month ago before his uh, injury. Uh, looking under the under the hood, there's so much to like uh, with Meadows. Right now, 354 batting average, 430 OBP, 29 runs, 12 home runs, 37 RBI, and seven stolen bases, and 186 plate appearances. From a skills perspective, uh, O swing is at 25.5 percent, which is really nice, uh, much better than league average. In zone contact rate at 86.9 percent is also better than league average. Contact rate at 78.9%, also better than league average. Hard hit rate, much better than league average at 46.9%. Low, very low ground ball rate at 33.6%. So really everything that you're looking for uh, in, a head, in a hitter. Good plate discipline, uh, solid contact skills, hitting the ball really hard, uh, keeping the ball in the air. The stat cast metrics are also really nice. Uh, a 397 expected WOBA. He does have a fi- uh, 454 uh, WOBA, so he's outperforming uh, you know, what he should be doing um, according to the expected uh, stat cast metrics. Uh, that doesn't mean that you know regression is likely going to come, right? He's not going to hit 354, um, but you know the the underlying skills uh, are still very very strong at a 397 uh, expected woba, 14 barrels, a 7.7 percent barrels per plate appearance, so pretty good there. Uh, not uh, not um, uh, tremendous, but uh, still very solid. And then a 115, 115.4 mile per hour max exit velocity. I actually really love uh, seeing that number. Anytime a player can get above 115 miles per hour, um, that's really nice um, uh, territory to be in. There's very few players who can hit the ball that hard. In fact, this year, uh, there's 20 players who have hit the ball 115 uh, miles per hour or um, harder. Uh, Meadows has a higher uh, max exit velocity than this year than Joey Gallo, uh, than Fran Mil Reyes. So he can hit the ball really, really hard. And I think that just bodes well for uh, him 
uh, moving forward uh, and, and those st- overall stat cast metrics. So for a young player uh, in his first major league season, Meadows is definitely checking all the boxes. Um, he's got all those skills that you want to see. I mean, everything that you want to see, uh, he's doing it already. And hopefully he'll continue to develop uh, and get even better. So in terms of being among the top outfielders, um, you know, I don't think he's quite there yet. And it depends on what you mean by top. But I definitely think among, you know, younger players in the game, Meadows is certainly one uh, that I would be looking at in Dynasty and Redraft Leagues, obviously, or um, in Keeper Leagues. Obviously, the the price is going to be high. So maybe uh, once he experiences a little regression, um, going after him. But if you already own him in those leagues, I just expect him to get better. He's in a great situation with the Rays. So Austin Riley, or, or Austin... Austin Meadows. I've got two Austins in the first question. Uh, definitely a player I really, really like. When we look at the uh, the bats, rest of season projection for him, 286 batting average, 346 OBP, 50 runs, 17 home runs, 51 RBI, and eight stolen bases. Um, some really quick math there, at least uh, on the uh, on the stats that you can add up really quickly in your head. You know, that's 79 runs, uh, 29 home runs, uh, 88 RBI, and 15 stolen bases, and he he's going to have missed a good little chunk of the season here. So really, really nice from Austin Meadows. I am expecting big, big things from him uh, in the future. Austin Riley. Last week I touched on Riley, so I won't go. Uh, I won't dive deep on him necessarily. I mentioned him as a prime sell high candidate. I was just really worried about. Uh, the poor contact skills that he had shown so far in his brief uh, major league uh, career. He also had a very high BABIP, a very high home run per fly ball rate. You know the story. Uh, but he's actually improved. over. Uh, I looked at his rolling 10-game average. Um, his contact rate is up over the last 10 games uh, from overall in the 50s when I checked last week to in the low 70s now, which is slightly worse than league average still, but by no means hugely problematic. So I see this as a pretty good sign. If he can keep the contact skills there, I think he's going to be very, very good the rest of the season. Whether he's able to do that or not, I'm not sure. There is regression that's coming, 42.9% home run per fly ball rate. He's got as many home runs as he has barrels, but He's still showing himself to be a, a very good hitter, so I wouldn't necessarily expect that batting average to stay where it's at right now. I think that's where you're going to see most of the regression, but you know the power is legit. Uh, when we look at the bat rest of season projection for him, 257, uh, 312 OBP, 43 runs, 18 home runs, 50 RBI, and one stolen base. Uh, not bad at all. I'm going to use, uh, there's a comp coming later with Trey Mancini, who has a a nearly identical um, rest of season projection with maybe a slightly higher average for Mancini. So that just gives you a sense of what Riley has been able to provide and what we maybe should expect. But again, if the contact rate continues to improve or at least stays you know, slightly below league average instead of well below league average, um, I think you're probably going to see better than that projection um, moving forward. So uh, Riley, certainly, you know, you can bank all the stats you've already gotten. He is, uh, he's been great. Uh, is it, oh, next question from at erush710. This one's kind of a fun one. Is it okay for players to bat flip after they work a walk? Josh Donaldson does it a lot. It's my favorite thing about him. Uh, I love this uh, this comment. Um, without a doubt, you know, this is the Bat Flip Crazy podcast. My Twitter handle is Bat Flip Crazy. Um, it's not only okay to to flip your bat when you work a really solid walk. I think it's great. Uh, I saw Shohei Otani do something similar last night, uh, Wednesday night. Uh, he had a bases loaded walk where it was full count. Uh, he took a breaking pitch uh, from uh, Ryan Buckter uh, and got a walk and tied the game. And he did a little little bit of a bat flip. It was a little. It wasn't. It wasn't excessive, but um, I could see a little bit of the motion there. Uh, I really, you know, I love it when players show enthusiasm. I love it when they show passion. Whether it's a bat flip, whether it's a pitcher who kind of yells after they strike somebody out in a high leverage situation. Whatever it is, I just love that 
part of the game, right? We love the game. We're passionate about the game. We care about it. And I think people show that through that that level of enthusiasm. It's been really interesting. I've watched some of the NCAA um, College World Series uh, regional games recently, and, and it's interesting to watch some of the the antics that have been going on there just in terms of, um, you know, a little bit of trash talking, a little bit of, um, you know, yelling at other teams, uh, showing a lot of motion, some huge bat flips. And I really think that this is going to become more and more a part of the game, which I think is going to be great. We think about, you know, two young guys earlier this year, Chris Paddock um, and uh, Peter Alonzo, kind of the battle that they had there where, you know, Paddock, um, you know, was talking a little trash before, a little bit after. Uh, and then, you know, during he was able to strike out Alonzo and then Alonzo came back and hit that massive uh, home run for the Mets the next day. You know, that type of stuff, you know, what makes baseball, I mean, there's a lot of things that make baseball a super interesting game. But one of the things that I think that we love is that is that one-on-one aspect of it, right? You got a pitcher, you got a hitter. They're each trying to outsmart the other. The, you know, one's trying to be successful, one's trying to make the other one fail. Um, and having just high intense intensity one-on-one matchups like that, I think, is really, really good uh, for the game. And I think I can see, you know, five years in the future where that's kind of a common occurrence, right? Where players are showing uh, a lot of emotion. I mean, some players now have like their particular uh, thing that they do to show that emotion, whether it's a celebration or whatnot. But I think that's going to become more and more a part um, of the game. And I and I hope folks embrace it because I think that's going to make things really, really exciting moving forward when there's just, you know, it just adds a little bit more intention, a little bit more excitement, a little bit more drama uh, in, into the game. And I, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I know a lot of people disagree, but that's where I'm coming from. So great question, uh, E-Rush. Uh, really appreciate, um, really appreciate that. Uh, next one, Garrett Cooper. Is he viable in shallow leagues? Same with Ramon uh, Laureano. This is from uh, Jonathan Asia uh, at J Asia underscore 92, a big fan of um, the pod, big fan of Jonathan. Uh, He's a great guy. Uh, So I definitely think Cooper, I covered him last week, so I won't go into detail. I think Cooper's definitely viable uh, in 12-team leagues and above. I actually picked him up in some of my um, 12-teamers this year or this past week. Um, You know, I think the thing that I like most about Cooper, the contact skills are are strong, Um, you know, especially recently well above uh, or around 90% in terms of his in-zone contact rate, so much better than league average. And then he's also got good batted ball quality. Uh, So hard hit rate is solid. He's got a decent uh, barrel metrics. The expected WOBA um, is also uh, uh, pretty nice there. And so, um, you know, He's a guy, I mean, obviously, so he has a 390 expected Woba right now, a 356 um, Woba. So he's making really solid contact. Um, A guy that he actually reminds me a little bit of without the speed. And again, this is like total hyperbole. This is, I'm not saying this is who he is or this is who he is going to be, but he actually has a similar profile to Christian Yelich in the sense that, or, you know, pre this year, Christian Yelich, in the sense that, um, you know, he makes a lot of contact. Uh, he hits the ball hard. He does hit more ground balls um, than league average. It's not quite as high as Gelich, but when he hits the ball in the air, he does hit the ball um, really hard. I covered this on the last podcast, but I think he was like 18th or something like that in terms of um, uh, average exit uh, velocity on uh, fly balls and line drives. And so you know, I, I, he's not, again, he's not Christian Yelich, but I'm just saying he's one of those types of guys where I don't think he's going to have uh, massive power necessarily because he is um, not hitting the ball in the air that much, but I think he is going to have a nice uh, little BABIP. I think the batting average will be solid. And so for those reasons, uh, use him. I definitely think you do need to be cautious because he is in the Marlins lineup. Um, you know, those counting stats are going to be a little bit fewer and far between. They've obviously had a really nice stretch right here that isn't going to continue, right? Harold Ramirez is is solid, but he's not the Harold Ramirez that we've seen so far. At least that's what the underlying metrics say. You know, and then Brian Anderson, a guy I like too, uh, is solid, but there's just not a, a lot there. And then he also plays in a, a bad home stadium in Marlins Park. So have him right now, see how he does. Um, I think he's worth that kind of investment. And 
and then you know monitor him and don't don't be concerned about dropping him if you see something uh, you know in terms of the skills uh, decreasing or some sort of change in the underlying profile don't be afraid to drop him uh, just because I think the upside is a little bit limited by the situation um, I did not actually uh, look more in depth at Ramon Laureano I know that he has been um, uh, pretty hot recently and that earlier in the season he was uh, doing worse than the underlying metric said. So yeah, 324 expected WOBA, 318 WOBA, 262 expected um, batting average. So, uh, you know, nothing to write home about there in terms of a season uh, long thing. But when you look at the numbers, um, so 6.3% barrels per plate appearance, uh, a nice max exit velo at 111.6 or not nice, but uh, decent uh, 15 barrels overall. I do think he's a nice uh, power speed combo uh, playing in that lineup. I, I think counting stats will be decent. Um, and I think he already has my internet is actually out. Uh, I'm recording this on LTE, so I actually can't look this up. Uh, but the the last I remember checking on Loriano, I think he had close to 10 home runs and about five stolen bases. And so from where you drafted, if you can get a 2010 guy out of that, which I think is definitely possible for him, uh, you know, with about a league average batting average, I think that's really solid. So uh, I think he's he's worthy of, of 12, 12 team consideration. As always, you want to be considering what your team needs and whether he's going to be able to provide that. Next up, uh, at High JD Fens uh, asks Eloy Jimenez rest of season. Uh, so Eloy so far this year has been pretty bad. Uh, 226 batting average, 279 OBP, 13 runs, 6 home runs, 14 RBI, 0 stolen bases, and 147 plate appearances. The skills aren't much better. They're not good. Uh, O-swing at 36.4%, so worse than league average. In-zone contact rate at 76.9%, worse than league average. Contact rate overall at 67.1%, that's 10% worse than league average. Hard hit rate at 28.6%, well worse than league average. Ground ball rate higher than league average at 48.4%. 293 expected WOBA, 290 WOBA, 4.8% barrels per plate appearance, 7 barrels, 112.5 max. Uh, exit velo. So really, even the things that you'd think, right, even if he was struggling with contact or plate discipline or kind of the adjustment to baseball, you'd think the quality of contact metrics would at least be good, but they really haven't been for Jimenez. And then when I look at his 15-game rolling average, you know, there is some improvements in plate discipline and hard hit rate, but the in-zone contact rate is still uh, going down. So it, it's not necessarily, it doesn't look like on the horizon that any massive changes are happening, but you know, development isn't linear. Things can uh, click pretty quickly. And when we look at his rest of season projection from the bat, they still really like him. 274 batting average, 320 OBP, 49 runs, 18 home runs, 56 RBI, and two stolen bases. So when we think about that Austin Riley projection, uh, the bat still likes Eloy Jimenez to be better than Austin Riley uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, and by a decent margin, when you factor in uh, the batting average and the run. So just keep that in mind as we think about Eloy. It's always so hard with these rookies because things can change uh, so quickly and we don't have a huge sample size to really look at, at least at the major league level. But you got to believe a little bit in the pedigree and as the weather warms up, hopefully you know uh, he plays in a decent ballpark and hopefully everything uh, starts to turn out better for Eloy. If the season ended today, who would you have higher next year, Story or Lindor? I always feel like Story never gets the street cred and draft capital. This is from at Shark Week Shane. Uh, thanks for the question, uh, Shark Week Shane. Uh, it's got to be Story for me. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not a good person to ask because um, I did have Story ranked higher than Lindor um, heading into the season. I was a little low on Lindor um, compared to a lot of folks. Um, I can't remember. I think I think Lindor was already injured, so maybe I was factoring that into the equation. I had Lindor, I think, 20th overall, and I had Story 14th. Um, you know, Lindor, a lot of his value in the past, I mean, he's been very good, don't get me wrong, home run power combo, but he also had the most plate appearances of any major leaguer over the last three years, I think it was. Um, and so we can't necessarily expect that to continue, and we have seen that it hasn't continued. Uh, Story has kept up with what he's been doing. I mean, the pace he's setting this year is better than last year's pace. There is a little bit of skill uh, loss. The contact rate is slightly lower, but again, he's going to maintain really high 
BABIPs. He's going to be in Coors Field. He's hitting for a high average. He's stealing a ton of bases. I think Story is like a top 10 guy probably heading into next year uh, with two seasons like this under his belt and really no signs of slowing down. So yes, I think Story is going to be ahead of Lindor heading into next season. If we were to draft today, I think Story would be ahead. I'm sure uh, I did not take a look at the... um, at the uh at the the whatever the drafts are the um the drafts that just happened in NFBC where folks drafted for the rest of season um i would expect that story was higher than lindor was in that situation but i could be wrong um and so you know for me i i think it's uh i think it is story and yeah, I'm sticking to that. Uh, all right, the legitimacy in dropping Carrasco in almost all formats, no obvious timetable, um, been bad to date, and other players who can take his spot, especially if you have injuries. Um, you know, and he, and uh, this is from at Bon Temp underscore Roulet. I'm going to guess that that's French. Uh, Correa, Springer, Batonsis, and Glass now on my team, for example, he said. And so this is definitely an issue that a lot of folks are facing. I have this in a couple team uh, situations where, you know, like in NFBC, I have seven slots and I have five injuries or four injuries. Um, you know, and, and and I think especially last week with Molina going down and Hunter Dozier being pretty much uh, injured in every single lineup because I I own him everywhere. Um, you know, these are examples. These are examples that of the decisions people are having to grapple with, um, where you have to look at guys like Carrasco who would have seemed undroppable, and really factor in a lot of things. I think it's really hard to answer these types of questions without having a ton of context, right? Because I think any any of these types of decisions um, about who to drop is very format, league, and team context uh, dependent. So I think things that you always want to keep in mind is really like what gives your team the best chance to win. Um, you know, so ex- for example, like if you if you're well behind in a lot of categories and you need uh, volume, for instance, uh, in the example of Carrasco, like you need volume or um, you. You your pitching is just so light, but there's no hitters that you want to drop. You know those might be situations where you're willing to drop him if it's a hitter. You know thinking about needing to make up a lot of ground, can you wait on a hitter to come back uh, and maybe miss out on some games in your league? Um, you know those are examples of things that I always think you need to be thinking about. You know, uh, so try to factor in how long he's going to be gone. Right, we don't know what the timetable is. Um, he is expected back this season. Um, who are you dropping instead of him? Right, and this is all assuming you don't have an IL that you can just stick him on. But uh, you're, you know, who are you dropping instead of him? Right. So if you're going to keep him on your team and you need to fill another roster spot by picking up another pitcher, who are you dropping on your team? How much of a loss is that? What is the replacement level on the waiver wire? Right. Like in a 12-team league, I actually think that. You know, I'd feel fairly comfortable dropping Carrasco at this point in time, just because I think that there are, you know, at least in some of my shallower uh, 12-team leagues, you know, there are some pretty good guys who are uh, on the waiver wire, like Jalen Beeks uh, is on the waiver wire, and he's a guy who is, you know, getting a ton of wins because he's pitching after the opener, um, and he's also been pitching really well. So a guy like that um, is on a lot of my 12-team waiver wires. There's a lot of other guys that. Um, are there who are pretty good uh, starting pitchers. So I'd be much more comfortable in a 12-teamer than, say, a 15-teamer in dropping him. So, you know, those are the things, some of the things that I would, um, you know, factor into your decision. You know, I I would need to have a full understanding of what that format, league, and team context is. But hopefully kind of discussing the filter, if you will, of what you want to look at and consider in thinking about whether you want to drop him um, is is helpful or even more helpful than just giving an answer on that. Next up uh, from uh, Kawaya H. Looper, also uh, somebody who writes infrequently um, and is a great uh, person to engage with on Twitter, uh, Soroka, innings limit plus regression, um, and then have pitchers figured out Chavis or is this just a slump? Uh, so let's take a deep dive into Soroka, 57 and a third innings pitched, a 1-4-1 ERA, a .91 whip, 51 strikeouts in those 57 point, uh, 57 and a third innings pitched, a 3.86 Sierra and a 3.64 XFIP. So uh, clearly doing much better 
than those numbers would indicate. Uh, his fastball velocity is at 93.6 on average this year. That's actually up 0.6 miles per hour from last year, which is a really good sign given the shoulder injury uh, that he had earlier in the year. His O-swing, 33.3%, uh, very solid there. First pitch strike rate at 63.4%, solid as well. Zone percentage, a little bit lower, but the O-swing helps compensate for that. 41.2% uh, zone percentage. Uh, one metric that I've been looking at uh, more recently in looking at pitchers is actually percent of pitches that are balls. Like it's fairly intuitive, but you can do an easy search on StatCast, just uh, click uh, pitch outcome ball and then um, do percent of pitches and look it up. Uh, league average is 33.7% balls. Um, Soroka is at 31.6%. So better, league, better than league average there. So the control metrics, you'd expect them to be uh, slightly better than league average in terms of his uh, overall walk rate. In zone contact rate at 85.7%. So right, slightly worse than league average, but down 3.5%, which is really nice for uh, Soroka, especially as a guy who throws a sinker a lot. Uh, swinging strike rate 11.1%. This is better than last year, uh, slightly better than league average. His CSW is at 29.3% for the year, slightly better than league average. K minus walk rate at 15.5%. I actually think that the K minus walk rate in this instance is a perfect. It is exemplifies Soroka perfectly, right? Slightly better than league average, but just slightly. Um, and that's, that's, I think, the guy that we should be expecting. Babip is at 228 right now. Left on base percentage is at 79.9%, so a bit high on the strand rate, a bit low on the Babip. That's where I, I think you see the XFIP and the Sierra being much higher. Home run per fly ball rate also at 3%, which is super low, about 11% lower than league average, but last year he was at 5%. And so, you know, uh, take a look at that factor in, you know, he, he does throw a lot of sinkers, um, doesn't give up, um, you know, a ton of great contact tact, as we'll see with his expected WOBA. So for that reason, you know, I don't think you're going to expect him to have a league average home run per fly ball rate, but if it was 5% last year, and we're thinking that with the new, uh, ball, it's going to be, uh, slightly worse, you know, so, uh, I think he's got a little bit of uh, room to gain there. His home runs per nine, I think, is at 0.16. So that's definitely going to change. And for all those factors, as Kawhi mentioned, we are definitely expecting regression. Expected Wobet 278, current Wobet 224. Again, the regression is coming, but he's still been a very good pitcher. Um, or, I mean, he's been a good pitcher, right? He's been a better than league average pitcher, pitcher from pretty much every skill. And so if he's able to maintain those skills, and again, you know, he's new to the big leagues, uh, newer to the big leagues. Um, and so, uh, you know, he could, he could easily get better. Um, he could struggle once hitters adjust a little bit more, especially this year. And so just factor that into consideration, but I wouldn't expect him to just go, you know, he's going to get, have one of those one or two bad outings and you want to be able to avoid those if at all possible, but you, you can't necessarily, you don't know when exactly those are going to happen. Um, so expect him to regress closer to that Sierra and that XFIP, maybe a little bit below that, but you're still getting a really solid pitcher. And I think the strikeouts are a little bit of a bonus, um, being close to at least one per nine. The one thing that I would mention about Soroka is that he has faced a really light schedule. I think the Cardinals are like the worst, uh, the best team that he's faced so far. He's gotten some Marlins. He's gotten some Giants. Uh, you know, he had the Reds when they were really struggling. So, you know, just, just think about that. Maybe if he's got, a, you know, I think he's still a matchup play. Like if he's got a really bad matchup coming up, then I wouldn't hesitate to leave him out and maybe you get to miss that regression because you've certainly been able to bank uh, some really good stats from him so far. As far as the inning limits goes, I haven't seen anything said publicly. Um, if I'm wrong about that, definitely let me know. But he did throw 153 innings pitched uh, back in uh, 2017. You know, he only pitched 50 innings last year. And so, you know, where exactly he's going to end up with the Braves, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, have a 10-day DL or IL stint middle of the season to give him a little bit of a rest or maybe skip him uh, occasionally in the rotation, especially with Dallas Keuchel uh, being signed today. I think Soroka is definitely somebody who could be skipped in the rotation a few times, but he's also been, you know, pretty much... Uh, their best pitcher. And so with that being the case and wanting to make the playoffs this year and having invested now in Keiko at least for this year, I think that's something that folks are going to need to take into uh, consideration. And, um, you know, uh, just factor that in as you think about his overall value. But 
we don't know for sure, uh, and we're not likely to know until uh, you know we know something publicly, which may not even happen at all. All right, uh, from at Sam Ski NYC, Jay Bruce, Red Sox bullpen, Daniel Murphy, Brian Reynolds, in terms of folks uh, to look at. So I'll do this very quickly. I'm not going to do a deep dive on all these guys. Uh, Bruce is definitely going to hit home runs. He's in a fantastic situation. Philly's ideal uh, for left-handed power. Um, he has a great. Uh, lineup in front of him, a lot of OBP guys, right? You're going to have Bryce Harper, you're going to have Hoskins uh, batting in front of him, and now he's got an opening with the Kutch injury. The skills, at least the home run skills, the power skills are legit. He barely hits any ground balls. It's in the low 20s. Uh, He hits the ball hard. It's in the 40s. He's got the 10th highest barrels per plate appearance at 11.8% this year. Um, He hits the ball in the air a ton, like you know, say what you will about Bruce. Like he's, he's always done this and the ball's juiced and he's in a better situation, uh, than maybe he's been before, although he was in Cincinnati for a while. So maybe that's not true, but you know, he's in a really good situation. He's in a really good lineup. I think, uh, Bruce is really strong. I think he's particularly strong in daily leagues when you're going to be able to plug him in there against right-handed pitchers. Um, so you know, yeah, uh, go after him if he's still available in your league, and and I think he's gonna uh, provide some good uh, home run uh, support. Uh, Dave uh, Daniel Murphy, he's looked much better over the last couple weeks. The results have shown that, but the skills also look a lot better. Um, he hasn't been chasing as much outside the zone. Uh, his contact rate is up uh, at eighty eight percent overall, which is uh, way higher than league average. That's like eleven percent higher than league average, which is really nice to see. His hard hit rate is also back up, so it's right around league average. Um, Recently, he's not normally uh, a a super hard hit guy, um, and you know, but everything looks much better than it did a few weeks ago. Um, He's in cores. I think he's going to be really, really good so long as he can stay stay healthy. So he's a guy that I would love to have uh, right now. I covered Reynolds a couple weeks ago or last week. I can't remember, but play discipline has been solid. The hard hit rate has also been solid. The ground ball percentage has been going up um, a lot recently. Uh, it's up to 60% over the last 14 days. Uh, Corey Dickerson is also back, and so there's going to be some more competition uh, for spots in that batting order. Uh, I think he's still helpful in deeper leagues um, because of the batting average, because of uh, you know the underlying skills are promising, and he's been he's been batting in the middle of the lineup when he's been in the lineup, which is really, really nice. So I think you keep him in deeper leagues, monitor him closely, um, make sure, uh, you know, you are, are monitoring that Dickerson playing time and how that factors in to Reynolds getting at bats. You know, Gregory Polanco also needs at bats as well. He's been, uh, sitting a decent amount recently. And so just factor all those things into the situation, but Reynolds, when he is playing, um, has looked pretty good, um, so far Red Sox bullpen. I mean, who knows, right? Uh, every single week, it seems like a new closer. I've been on that carousel. I had Barnes and Brazier. Then I dropped Brazier. Then I picked up Workman because he got a save once. And then Walden got the next save. So I went after Walden chasing around. I'm just like, whatever, just see if there's a pattern that, uh, that, that tends to show itself. If a guy starts to get a couple saves, they're obviously going to be in the market for a reliever. Um, you know what would be brilliant would be if they picked up Will Smith. I mean, imagine that, uh, adding Will Smith to that bullpen, him being in the closer role, Barnes being kind of the longer guy, high leverage guy in the eighth and the seventh, and then having Walden and Workman to work you know, the sixth, the seventh, if your starters can't go far. Uh, li- listen to this podcast, Red Sox. Go after Will Smith. Uh, get him. Uh, I would absolutely love that as a Will Smith owner uh, in a lot of places. But, you know, for right now, I think, you know, you probably own Barnes because uh, the overall, um, you know, skills are really solid and he's been the best reliever there. Uh, if you have the ability to add Walden or Workman, um, you know, I'd probably lean Workman uh, at this stage just because he, he hasn't blown up uh, in a while. Uh, I would lean Workman maybe, but again, like, you know, don't ra- don't waste too many of your roster spots getting those uh, getting those Red Sox closers. All right, next up um, at Martin underscore Ellinger asks about my, Manny Machado. So let's take a deep dive on Manny Machado. We covered him, I think, like a month or so ago, but um, he's still you know been relatively disappointing so far. Uh, Two fifty batting average, three thirty nine OBP, thirty runs, ten home runs, thirty RBI, and a stolen base in two hundred fifty seven plate appearances. O swing is at thirty point two percent, which is actually better than last year. That's actually a pretty consistent trend for Machado. 
over the last year or so is improving plate discipline. In zone contact rate at 84.4%. So right around league average, it is down 4.5% from last year. His overall contact rate is down 7% to 72.7%. So this was also a problem when we look back at him before. You know, maybe it's going to be more of an issue. Um, You know, it's lingering a little bit, but it isn't you know, 72.7% contact rate, especially for a guy that we're expecting power from, isn't super, uh, it's not overwhelmingly concerning um, for him. His hard hit rate is up at 45%. His ground ball rate is down. It's at 38.6% compared to last year. So some good trends there as well. A 340 expected WOBA, 329 WOBA. So not what we want to see from Machado, right? We want to see him closer to 400 um, but, you know, still better than league average. He's got 15 barrels, a 5.8% barrels per plate appearance, 112 mile per hour um, max exit below. You know, the only real issue that I see with Machado is that dip in contact. There's actually some, you know, improvements in, you know, some of the other metrics like hitting the ball in the air, hitting the ball hard, although stat cast metrics are down a little bit. He really looks to me like a guy who's just a couple hot weeks away from being pretty close to what we were expecting from him. His his bat rest of season projection is 281, 349, 57 runs, 23 home runs, 61 RBI, and four stolen bases, which, you know, is great, right? He'd finish uh, the year with uh, 87 runs, um, uh, 91 RBI, 33 home runs, five stolen bases. So not necessarily exactly what you were expecting from him, but probably right around, you know, what his uh, median uh, projection heading into the year was given given um, Petco is a little bit worse of a park than what he has played in in the past. So I think you just, you know, you stick with Machado at this point in time, and I think you just hope that he gets hot here for a couple weeks um, and that that's able to uh, continue on into the second half. Uh, I'm going to cover the next guys quickly just because um, uh, for time uh, reasons. Uh, at Drew Cummings uh, 18 asked about Orlando Arcia. You know, the major change with Arcia is improvements in his plate discipline. Uh, I think it's down like uh, his O swing is down like seven or eight percent, down at 31 percent, so right around league average, which is a huge improvement for him. His contact is also up, so that's a really good combination there. And then his home run per fly ball rate is up to 16.7 percent from four and a half percent, and so that's just something to factor in. Like his hard hit rate is under 30 percent. You know, it's just not... you know, he's not, he's not a, he's not a power hitter, but I think he's one of the, he's an example of a guy who is really benefit benefiting, um, tremendously from, uh, you know, from the new ball. Um, when we look at his expected Woba, it's at 287 with a 322 Woba. So he has been lucky. I think, you know, like with Arcia, like a 16.7% home run per fly ball rate with the juice ball is, you know, I still think that's high, right? Because I don't think he's going to even have a league average home run per fly ball rate normally. And so you'd expect that to be slightly lower than the 14 or so percent that it is uh, overall for the league. And so he is overperforming, you know, so I'm not a, not a huge fan. I don't think he's like a must add. His rest of the season projection is 249, uh, 45 runs, 10 home runs, 41 uh, RBI, seven stolen bases. So, you know, if you add that to what he's got right now, you're looking at like 18 home runs um, and, uh, you know, over 10 stolen bases. And, and that's that's not nothing, especially in deeper leagues. Uh, hello, um, this is from at Gajuju1. Hello, Leclerc situation, Carpenter heating up, Ryu for real, Puig what to do, Meadows for real, JD Mart, will he get hot? All right. Those are a lot of questions in there. Um, I'll cover the Leclerc situation uh, in depth, at least my perspective on it. You know, Carpenter definitely heating up. Uh, I know he got injured today. I have not seen how severe it is, but hopefully that is uh, for his fantasy owners that that is uh, not too serious. Ryu, I think, you know, uh, I mean, what more could you want from the guy, right? Like, I can't remember what it is, but he's got some sort of like 20 starts in a row with two or fewer earned runs. I mean, like at some point it's just like, this is who he is and, um, and he's very, very good. Um, and that's, that's it. Health is the only concern there, uh, for Puig, um, what to do, you know, um, it's been a struggle, right? I have him in a ton of leagues. I was a huge fan of his heading in, you know, thankfully, right. He's got 11 home runs. He's got eight stolen bases now. And so that looks pretty good. Um, you know, the underlying skills just still haven't quite got to where they've been in the past. And so that's a little bit more concerning. And so I think you just, 
you know, Puig can go on tears, and he's he's been much better in the second half the last couple seasons, and so let's just hope that that's what happens. I covered Meadows in general. Uh, J.D. Mart, he's been really, um, uh, J.D. Martinez, he's been really uh, unlucky. Um, so when we look at, uh, he has the 11th best expected Woba at 429, a 376 um, Woba. He's got a 323 expected batting average with a 294 um, batting average, a 627 expected slug. Like he is who he is. He just hasn't, it just hasn't been falling. It feels like that's, that's the same for a lot of the Red Sox, at least, you know, like Devers and, and Bogarts have been hitting really well, but Betts and J.D. Mart, the guys who carried them last year, just have not, and, and Benintendi just haven't been doing what they normally do. And so if they can catch fire along with, you know, Devers and, and Bogarts being on fire, like, look out. And and so I think uh, J.D. Mart is still really, really good. If folks are getting frustrated with him or losing patience, I would definitely jump in there quick. In terms of LeClerc, I definitely think LeClerc will eventually become the closer, right? He has that big contract already. Um, and so it's not a question of him getting saves and uh, folks being worried about him. Um, you know, the Rangers being worried about him getting paid more. Uh, there's also a reason Sean Kelly has never kept a closer gig, right? He gives up a ton of he gives up a ton of home runs, and we saw that. Uh, he cost me nine Mike Minor wins uh, the other day uh, when he gave up a home run to Richie Martin, of all uh, guys. Um, and so, you know, I don't think Kelly's going to keep it. I think LeClerc is the best pitcher. When you look at his last 10 games, um, he's been pitching really, really well since he got taken out of that closer role. Uh, over the last 10, 15.5% swinging strike rate, really nice. 69.2% Z contact. That's tremendous. 33.3% O swing, 77.5% first pitch strike, 45.2% in the zone, 36.7% CSW. It's all excellent. And so I think it's just a matter of time before he regains that position. Um, and I actually don't mind him having having him in your lineup in a lot of situations because he's been p- pitching two innings in some situations and he's been helping your ratios out a ton. Um, he's been, you know, he, he pits up a decent amount of Ks. And so uh, you know, he's not even a, a guy that I mind having in my lineup right now if you don't have good starting pitching matchups. So uh, definitely I would target LeClerc in, in uh, situations, maybe especially with Kelly getting the most recent save tonight. Uh, maybe you can uh, use that um, uncertainty to your advantage and, and pick up LeClerc. Uh, at SGrego42 asks, Harold Ramirez, Babbitt regression coming, but what do we do after that? Uh, Duplantier, uh, rest of season. Uh, for a lot of these, when you ask the two questions, a lot of times I forget to do the second one, so I apologize for that. On Ramirez, you know, 346 batting average, a 305 expected BA, which is still excellent. Uh, 323 expected Woba, he's at a 364 Woba right now. You know, he's got a high batting average approach. He's hits a lot of ground balls, not a lot of fly balls, um, high contact. And so I think the batting average is here to stay, but, you know, he's not going to hit for a lot of power in that lineup. You know, maybe with Cooper and, and Anderson in front of him, he gets a decent amount of, you know, RBI opportunities. But, you know, overall, I think if, I, if I'm looking at those three guys, if I'm looking at Cooper, Anderson, and Ramirez, I think it's Cooper, Anderson, Ramirez for me uh, right now with Anderson and Cooper being very close. And I think Ramirez a distant third uh, but if you do need batting average, um, there's a lot worse guys than you uh, could go after uh, than Ramirez, especially in deeper leagues. I mean, in 15-team leagues, I, I think he's probably like 50% owned uh, or something like that. Um, he's he's available in some of my mains, main events, um, uh, not available in some of them. So, uh, yeah, you know, high batting average guy, but I think he's been lucky so far just in terms of the overall batting average Um uh, and production so far. Rest of season, who would you rather have? Oh, and in terms of Duplantier, um, you know, he pitched really well. I did not take a deep look, and I don't have internet access, as I mentioned before. Uh, so I can't take a look, but um, from everything I saw, he pitched really well. I wasn't into him because he actually hadn't pitched that well, um, even out of the bullpen uh, before for, for the D-backs, but he pitched well uh, against the Dodgers of all teams. And, and so, you know, take a look at that. Uh, that's something. And so I think in deeper leagues, uh, you definitely want to at least be taking a um, a chance on him. I'm um, in shallower leagues. Uh, I, I'm just not so sure. Um, I probably shouldn't have just even answered this question because I haven't I haven't dove deep enough um, to 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 take a look at Duplantier. So 
Um, dive in on him, uh, make your own decision on that one. <laughs> How, how's that for an answer on a mail mailbag question? Uh, rest of season, who would you rather have, Austin Riley or Trey Mancini? This comes from at Stephen C seven four seven seven nine zero six. Stephen may or may not be a Russian bot. I'm not sure. Uh, Mancini's rest of season projection is 274, 48 runs, 18 home runs, 51 RBI, and one stolen bases. So the rest of season projections between Mancini are and Riley are fairly close. Mancini with a higher batting average and a higher run total. Um, it's pretty close, and I think you can go either way in this. I might lean Mancini uh, only because I think he's got uh, more track record, and I think he's got a stabler skill set, you know, just in terms of the, the contact skills and what we've seen. Uh, but I also think it depends on what you um, need. I mean, for like from an overall player, maybe I lean Mancini, but if you need ceiling, right? Like if you're in a 12-team league, I would probably go with... Riley, just because I think you're going more for ceiling in that situation because replacement value um, is is higher um, on the waiver wire. Um, you know, if you really need home runs a lot, I think you may want to go with Riley. Um, but, you know, I think Mancini, like we've seen what he's been able to do in the past. Um, it's now been, you know, second half of last year and first half of this year where he's shown, you know, the really strong uh, plate skills in terms of the, the barrels per plate appearance. A lot of times with rookies, you know, there's the adjustment period. Um, we've seen it um, with Michael Chavis. I actually forgot to answer the Chavis question too. It's always these like second questions that people are putting in there. But, you know, when, when folks were asking me earlier about Chavis, you know, I was like, enjoy it while it lasts. But, you know, with the contact rate that he's got, it's going to come crashing down. And that's what's been happening. And so I think the same thing could certainly happen to Austin Riley. I think the fact that his uh, contact rate is improving um, is uh, does provide a little bit of hope, uh, but I would just say overall, like I would lean Mancini generally speaking, uh, but I think Riley has the higher ceiling. Um, he's got a better situation, and so you know, really like you know, if you need home runs, I would say go with Riley. If batting average is more of your need and counting stats, you know, I might lean Mancini uh, in that particular case, but. Again, like very, very close, and the rest of season projections show that. Malik Smith, this is from uh, B. Hoffma 912. Uh, the, you know, essentially asking for some analysis on Smith. Just very quickly, the contact is down. I think it's down 5 or 6%. His BABIP is also down. Uh, and that's not a great combo, right? He's striking out a lot more, so he's not putting the ball in play as much. And the balls that he's putting in play... Uh, are not falling in as much. Now, the BABIP could certainly change. The contact rate, you know, uh, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to say. Um, you know, his WOBA uh, and his expected WOBA align right now, and they're low. They're in the, the mid to high twos, I want to say. Um, actually, I have this page up, so I can search on here um, for it. Look at that. Don't you guys love it when I do this on here? Um, uh, so he's the fourth Smith. Uh, he's got a 270 expected Woba and a 268 expected Woba. Again, like you're not really going after Smith for that reason, though. Um, and so, like, if you need stolen bases badly, you know, why not? Uh, because there's not many other places that you're getting them from. Uh, trust level on Jimmy Nelson and how he ranks among starting pitchers rest of season. This is from at the hot corner seven. Uh, I have very little trust in Jimmy Nelson rest of season. I actually wouldn't. Probably wouldn't even put a bin in on him um, in 15 team leagues. You know, he averaged 92.5 miles per hour on his fastball in his first outing. That's down two miles per hour from where he was in 2017. Uh, the skills were all very, very bad in his first start. Again, it's one start, it's a small sample size, but like 7.7% swinging strike rate. He had a negative 5% K minus walk rate. Um, you know, again, very small sample sizes. Um, but the, the thing that I think is key to remember with Nelson is he wasn't good for pretty much all of his career, right? And then he was really good for two months. And he was good. He was very good. A curveball was great. He looked really, really good before he got injured. And so what I think is challenging is he's been away from pitching for a very long time. He's not going to be as, um, as, uh, as precise. Like, it's just it's going to take him a little while to get back there. Like I'd be more interested in him next year, but you know, if his velocity is down, then his other pitches aren't going to be as effective as they were when he was doing better. 
Um, you know, I just, I just think like, I'm not really sure that he's rosterable to be honest with you. Like, are you going to start him next week? Probably not. Um, I just, I just see, see a lot of bad, I see a lot of bad signs with him and which, which sucks because I would love for him to be good. Um, and I would love for, um, everything to be all right, but I just don't see it, um, in what I'm seeing in, in the numbers. And I think that velo drop is huge. Um, that's just massive for making everything work for him. So anyways, um, a number of just, uh, uh, really uh, quick ones here. So what's going on with Nick Markakis? Expected batting average of 299. Um, expected Woba at 357. Hard hit rate at 44%. K percent at 11.9%. Walk percentage at 13.2%. Babbitt at 292, 292. So is he getting unlucky or just slumping? This is from at Sir Matthew Black. Matthew, you're you're doing all the research right here, right? Like his expected Woba is at 357. Um, his woba is lower than that, but I think the big difference for him is uh, 30 points between his uh, batting average and his expected bat- batting average. Right? He's got a bat- expected batting average of 299. You are not going to expect power from Nick Markakis. He has never provided it. He's not going to provide it. Uh, the you know RBIs might be decent. You know where he's hitting in the in the lineup. Uh, the runs might be uh, decent as well because of his OBP. Um, but again, like right, he was really really good last year, but he still was kind of just okay. And so just don't have super high expectations for him. He doesn't have the power that's necessary to to go to that next level. And so um, that's what I would um, say uh, right there. All right, that is going to um, wrap us up. Um, I tried to answer every single question, uh, mailbag question uh, that I got this week. Um, did a decent job of that. I was not able to cover uh, Nomar Mazzara, who a couple people asked about. I just ran out of time this evening um, with the research that I was doing. Um, but, you know, uh, hopefully this has been uh, helpful. If you have questions in the future, uh, just uh, feel free, uh, tweet me, and I'm happy to answer them either here or uh, on Twitter. All right. That is going to wrap us up for episode 79 of the Batflip Crazy podcast. Thank you so much, as always, uh, for listening. I really enjoy that mailbag format. I like being able to take questions um, from folks uh, because if one person has the question, a lot of other people probably have the question, and I do hope that it is helpful. It is a new format for the podcast. So if you can, uh, let me know if you like it. If you don't like it, um, what we can improve uh, or what you particularly like that I should focus on. Um, And always love those strategy questions where we can get kind of a little bit deeper than just kind of the player level, but actually thinking about what are the considerations, what are the filters we're using uh, when making certain decisions and also incorporating the rest of season projections. I think that's like, it sounds like cheating when you're an analyst and you're just like, well, the rest of season projection says this, but you know, that's our best guess, right? That's the 50th Uh, percentile median projection that is the most likely outcome uh, to occur the algorithms that are used in those are uh, a lot better than we can guess Um, but you know we can't just look at that in isolation right because players change skills change and that's what makes the game really really fun so hope you are enjoying the mailbag Uh, please feel free uh, reach out you can hit me up um, on twitter to ask me a question that you'd like answered in a mailbag you can hit uh, my dms are open uh, if you're interested in that i always try to get back to people although i yeah i hope i hope i'm 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 good at getting back to folks on that um yes uh so we are you know past the one-third mark of the season uh we are getting close to the midway point uh which is crazy to say but best of luck with all of your fantasy baseball research that you are doing for your teams uh best of luck with all your fantasy baseball teams uh Take care uh, and be kind to one another.